Good morning, Cathedral family. Please stand as we prepare for worship. There is a scripture in Psalms that says, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious goodness and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your goodness and they will sing with joy about your righteousness. Let's all sing with joy together. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen, amen. Come on, Cathedral of Faith. Let his love echo in your soul. And let's also let his praises echo in this sanctuary. Amen. Come on. When night is falling, when hope is coming, still you're calling me. When faith is lost and my hope exhausted, you will be my strength. When my mind says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. I decided I'm not giving up. You won't give up on me, no.
glory. Come on, say hallelujah. Amen, amen. God is good. And all the time. We are so grateful to be able to declare the goodness of God. All throughout scripture from start to finish, it talks about the goodness of God. What that means is he is working towards what is best. What's best for you, what's best for this season, that's his heart. And in this moment when we declare it, we know that everything he does is alignment with his goodness of making everything work out for best. And Psalm 27, 13 says this, I am confident. Say confident. I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Is that true for you? That's his promise. That's what you can expect to happen. In fact, I think some of us need our faith increased today by declaring that passage of scripture. Repeat it after me. I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let's give him thanks and praise for that. Hallelujah. Well, as you're being seated, turn to somebody next to you and say, you will see the goodness of the Lord. We're so glad you're with us here today, whether you're watching online, on campus, or here in the sanctuary. We believe that you're just going to get baptized in the goodness of the Lord. Amen? That he's working on your behalf. He's working everything out for good. And he has not finished what he started, but he's working on it in you. Amen? Well, we welcome all of you, especially those of you who are guests in our home. And if you've only been coming for a short period of time and haven't done so yet, in the pew in front of you, on the back of the seat, is a card that you can either take a picture of the QR code or you can fill out and leave. We'd love to get to know you and help you find ways to connect and to grow here at Cathedral of Faith. We're an amazing family. It's a safe place for you to come and learn and grow, and we hope you'll join with us. Coming up in just a few weeks, our church family is going to be out supporting our community, helping to raise money to care for those in need through running the Stars and Strides race. If you've not signed up yet, we'd love to have you join us. We'll be out there together on July 1st. There's a booth outside after service. You can sign up. We'd love to have you out there. And every Saturday morning, we actually have a training at 9 o'clock here on campus. Pastor Ramel's getting us ready to be in shape for that. We'd love to have you come join us. Also coming up this fall, we'd like to make sure that you mark your calendar for a special couples event in which we have internationally famous speakers who are gifted, talented, and have a heart for marriage, who will be here teaching and leading the way. If you haven't signed up for this, please sign up and join us for this great time that will be transformative. I know one of the goals my wife and I have always had since we got married 44 years ago is we try to read a book on marriage every year just to keep life and health and strength, and that's why it keeps going strong, and these kind of conferences are a great way to boost that up, so we hope that you'll join us. Well, today is a special day. It's a day in which we get ready to say congratulations 
to a whole bunch of people. So, hey, Tommy, help us welcome the graduates. Today we take this opportunity to honor these amazing young men and women who graduated from high school and college. Pastor Ken and Pastor Kurt are going to come along and shake their hands. We have a gift for them. Pastor Kent, our young adult pastor, is going to invite them to young adults. And our pastors, Yusuf and Esther, are going to read their names so that we can celebrate who they are and what they've done. Go for it. All right. Can we give it up one more time for our graduates? Somebody make some noise for this. Okay, here we go. Our very first one is Christian Aguilar from University Preparatory Academy. Yes. And he's going to San Jose State. Then we have right here Leonard Alvarez graduating from Piedmont Hills High School, going to Foothill College. And then we have Isabel Farias, and she graduated right here from Abraham Lincoln High School, going to Liberty University. Congratulations, Avaya Renee Harris, graduated from Santa Teresa High School, going to De Anza and San Diego State. And right here we have Hadassah. She graduated from Valley Christian High School, going to Jessup University. Yes! That was my daughter. This is my son, Jews Judah Hirografe. <laughs> graduated from Valley Christian High School, going to Youth with a Mission in Kona, Hawaii. Next one, we have Elena Hernandez graduating from Lincoln High School, going to the United States Naval Academy. There you go. Congratulations. The next one, Justin Matthias, graduated from the Matthias Homeschool Academy of Excellence <laughs> and going to Grand Canyon University. Next one, I love this guy. Malachi Roof gradu graduating from University Preparatory Academy, going to Grand Canyon University. Yes. Congratulations, Marissa Salazar, graduated from Mount Madonna High School, going to Gavilan College. Right next to her, we have Olivia Solis. She graduated from Gunderson High School, going to Washington State. 
Next is Jesse James Quintero, graduated from University Preparatory Academy and going to De Anza College. And right now we have our college graduates. So this is Amaya Clemens. She graduated from Biola University in the Bachelor of Arts in Communication Studies. Congratulations, Alyssa Flores. Graduated from Jessup University with a Bachelor's of Arts in Digital Communications and Design and minor in Bible and Theology. And last but not least, Diana Valderrama. She graduated from San Jose State University. This is a lot, guys. Bachelor of Science in Applied Mathematics with Statistics Concentration and minor in Bioinformatics. So one more time, give it up for all our graduates. Congratulations. Congratulations, everybody. One of the other amazing things about Cathedral of Faith is we believe in investing in the future. And every year since 2002, we've offered scholarships to those who are graduating to go on to complete their education. And so Pastor Kent leads our intern and scholarship program, and he's going to be announcing this year's recipients of the internships and scholarships. All right, let's welcome Sarah Dang. Stephanie Eberwari. Dylan Flores. Hadassah Hedegrave. I tried. Juice Judah Hedegrave. Malachi Ruth. Marissa Salazar. And Ashley Tumbaga. Pastor Ken's going to pray a blessing over them. I'm going to invite you to reach your hands towards all of our graduates and interns as we bless them at this time. And my dad's favorite scripture was, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Put God first in all that you do, and he will direct you, and he will crown your efforts with success. Father, we thank you for these graduates. We thank you so much. As the cathedral family, we celebrate their accomplishment, their achievement. Young people who have a heart for you and a heart to use the gifts that you've given to them. We believe, God, that you have a dream for each person. They're not here by accident or chance. They're uniquely designed by you for the destiny that you have in store for them. And as a church family, we speak your blessing upon them. Give them favor in every way. Lord, watch over them in the days ahead. Help them to excel in all that they do. Most of all, oh God, may they continue to get to know how to love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Congratulations. Fantastic.
Well, I'm going to ask you to have one more round of applause as they head out into their future. Let's celebrate them together. moment, I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward because every year we scholarship kids who are pursuing their dreams. This was just some of them. We have 18 kids this year who actually received scholarships, and it happens because of your generosity. And since 2002, we've given out almost a million dollars in scholarships to kids who've been part of this process. And I don't know how much you realize it, but where you're sitting right now, in these chairs, in this room, it's because somebody in the past sacrificed and gave. And so this is our chance. They have these special envelopes for the scholarship offering that you can give and help students and bless them as they head into their hope and future. We are so grateful for your generosity. And in just a moment, we're going to pass the basket so that you can give to our students. And uh, again, we're just grateful for God's faithfulness. There are many ways you can give. You can use an envelope, you can go online, you can write out a check and mail it to us, you can text the number on the screen. These are ways that you can be a blessing to our students. So ushers are ready to roll, they're gonna pass the baskets. Let's bless our scholarship kids, okay? Well, to help us in this process, some of our high school kids are coming together to celebrate graduation. Let's welcome them as they come.
time would you let our young people know how proud we are of them what a very special day that's awesome see young people on fire for Jesus what could be better than that amen wow it's so good to see you today I also want to say for Pastor Use and Esther uh, where are they at here Pastor Esther and Pastor Use come on out here there are youth pastors here at Cathedral of Faith would you let them know how much you appreciate them They have two young people, two, a son and a daughter that are graduating this year. And um, we are so grateful. They came all the way from Amsterdam to join our team back in 2019. And it's been wonderful to have them as a part of the team. And I would encourage you, if you know teenagers in the South Bay that aren't involved in a local church, I would encourage you to get them to their youth group because they're doing an amazing job. Amazing job. Thank you again. It's great to see everybody on this beautiful day. God is good and all the time. And whether you're here on site, whether you're inside, outside in the amphitheater, those in the driving, uh, the drive-in, or those who are watching online, so good to have you. We're in this series called The Power of Story, how Jesus uses story, uh, and there's power in that story. I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal, and the title of the article was this, Want a Mind Meld? Tell a Compelling Story. And the article talked about how uh, the more we learn about neuroscience and brain images, that when you tell a story, it does something in the human brain, that it begins to develop 
uh, neural pathways and alter the way that you order and process and understand information. In fact, it goes on to say this. It says, stories not only shape one's thoughts, but also foster a connection between a storyteller and listener. The closer the connection, the greater the understanding of the story. And now we say, aha, because Jesus knew. Nobody knew the power of story better than Jesus. And that's why Jesus would often use story to connect with people and communicate powerful truth to people. And the story we look at today takes us all the way in to the kitchen, just like this couple right up here. That's good. Okay, Not, but flour it up. Why is this ticking, you gotta though? You got to flour it up a little bit. But I'm trying to open now it up. Okay, but you got to put pressure. You're going to have to. Don't you hate when that happens, right? Oh, my. Do we have any people in the house who like to bake? Let me see your hands if you like to bake. Do we have any people in the house who like to eat what's been baked? Let me see your hands. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm in that second group. There was someone who said, my hobbies are eating and thinking about the next time that I will be eating. And that sounds like me. I'm in that second group. I love to eat what is baked. And my wife, though, she's in the first group. She loves to bake. She's a very good baker. She bakes cookies and cakes and bread. Can you see why it's so hard for me to maintain my figure? Please pray for me. Because when she bakes, especially when she uses this bread machine and bakes fresh bread, watch out. When she breaks fresh bread and it is done, I am done. I am undone. The, the button on my pants is undone. Because when you take some of that bread and you add butter to it and you add honey to it, You've just shifted from the keto diet to the carbo diet. And we know how, well, how bread is made. I am not an expert, but my wife has told me that what you do is you take flour and, and water and you create a dough and then you take a little bit of yeast and add it to the dough. Now, it's funny. It doesn't seem like that little bit of yeast would have an impact on that entire dough. But once you work it in and work it in and work it in, well, there's life in that yeast. And eventually that dough starts to rise. And that's how you end up with fresh bread on your plate. And that's what our story is about today. Jesus talks about yeast and he talks about dough and he talks about the rise of more heaven on earth. Would you stand with me please for the reading of the story of Jesus from Matthew chapter 13. I'll read and I invite you to follow along. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven this was his favorite subject to talk about, the kingdom of heaven. That the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Now, how much is three measures of flour? Well, you would need 16 five-pound bags of flour 
it would take 48 cups of water. You put all of that together and that is three measures. It's a lot of dough. But just a little bit of yeast in that very big lump of dough ends up transforming it and that bread continues to rise. The passage continued. Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. Jesus, thank you so much for your heart to communicate, to connect with us and communicate with us so we can experience the best that you have to offer. And I pray that all of us, those that are on site, those that are online, that each of us would hear the one thing that we need to hear, that we can take it, apply it, and this week will be different because we've met you in this moment. Thank you for the power of your spirit working through your word. And it's in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, I pray this, all God's people said can we give God praise for his word? Amen. Amen. The big idea for today is one word, increase. Say that with me. Increase. Say it again. Increase. Look at someone before you're seated and tell them, I'm ready for increase. Go ahead. I'm ready for increase. Now, when I was young, I used to watch a show called I Love Lucy. Anybody remember that show? And there's a classic scene where Lucy is in the kitchen and she adds some yeast to the dough and it ends up being very big. Watch the scene and see if you remember this. My goodness. Well, it's a happy little loaf, isn't it? <laughs> A bit of yeast in that dough can end up being very big, how something small can end up being big. That's really the idea I'd like you to think about this weekend. The Bible says, do not despise small beginnings. Yoda says, judge me by my size, will you? We all know how small things can end up being big. Big in their power, big in their influence, big in their impact, big in their spread. Take, for example, the life of Jesus himself. When Jesus is born, he's born into a small town, into a small family. He travels around a small area with a small group of people. And then he's put into a small tomb 
Boy, the whole Jesus movement, it seems to start out so very small. Jesus had no political power. He didn't really have military power. He didn't really have religious power. Everything about Jesus seemed to be so small. And yet, over time, the kingdom of God, like yeast, has made its way through the entire dough where you go to every corner of the earth. You go to every culture in the world and there you will find followers of Jesus. Over three billion people today are followers of Jesus. Can we give God praise for the power of Jesus? Hallelujah. And we're not done. We're not done. The Bible says in Revelation that the day is coming when the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord. Can somebody say amen to that? Increase. Say that with me. Increase. What would that look like for you? When Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Now for you and I, that may not seem like a big deal, but back in the day, it would have surprised everybody because normally in the Bible and in the culture, yeast was always a symbol of the bad. It was used as a negative. But Jesus takes it, turns it on its head, and he captures the attention of his listeners when he says, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Now that he has their full attention, he wants them to know that the kingdom is at work. It's at work in the dough. It's at work in the earth. It's at work on the earth. Not some of the earth or part of the earth, but the kingdom is at work spreading throughout the entire earth. It's a powerful, powerful image Jesus gives to us. That the yeast causes all the dough to rise. How far is heaven? It may be a lot closer than you think. Now, normally when we hear the term heaven, we think of the place that we go to when we die. There was a, a, a teacher at a Christian school and she was teaching her kids about heaven. And she asked the kids, she said, how many want to go to heaven? And all the kids raised their hand except one. There was one boy in the back. And she looked at him and she said, don't you want to go to heaven? He says, uh, well, I, I want to go to heaven, but I can't because my mom told me I have to come right home after school. <laughs> and that's what we think. We hear the word heaven. We're thinking this is where we go when we die. And then Jesus says, what if you could have a taste of heaven right here on earth? In fact, if you're comfortable getting interactive, if you take your hand and just reach out your hand in front of you like you're gonna shake hands with somebody, in one place Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. It's within your reach. In other words, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven in order to have a taste of heaven right here on earth. So let me ask each of you a question. What would it look like in your world to have a bigger taste of heaven? What would it look like for the kingdom of heaven to permeate your world, to work its way into your world? Would there be more joy? Would there be more love? Would there be more peace? Would there be more beauty? 
Would there be more justice? Would there be more hope? I felt that this story is so important for the time that we're living in. Because as, as Dr. Silvoso pointed out a couple of weeks ago on a Wednesday night, it was a powerful message. We currently live in what the Bible calls an evil day. And when you look around, it's not hard to see it, that evil is at work in our world. And when you live in the setting called an evil day, it's very easy to get discouraged, and it's very easy to feel defeated, and it's very easy to become defensive. Now, there was a hymn that we used to sing in church years ago. Dr. Wayne will remember this. And the title of the hymn is, I am determined to hold out. And when you're in the midst of an evil day, sometimes you can take on that kind of mentality. I'm just determined to hold out. But is that really the best mindset to have? I mean, Jesus was a realist. He was. He knew that evil was at work in the world. In fact, earlier on in Matthew chapter 13, he tells another story about wheat and weeds, how they're both at work in the world, the good and the evil. And they're gonna be at work in the world until the very end. He puts it this way, he says, let that both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them and to put the wheat into the barn. Jesus was a realist. He knew that good and evil is going to be at work in the world till the very end of time. And yet Jesus was not a pessimist. And that's why he gives us the parable of the yeast working its way through the entire dough. Because he wants us to know that the kingdom of God is at work powerfully, even when you're facing an evil day. Don't miss the kingdom of God at work in your midst. That we don't have to play defense. Instead, we can play offense. Let's recapture a vision of the victorious church, of the triumphant church. I am tired of having the devil put us back on our heels. It's time that we put the devil back on his heels. The kingdom of God will advance. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Can somebody say amen to that? I believe in that. I do. And so taking on a different kind of mentality in the day that we're in, the good will ultimately prevail. You know, there, there's a, a film, I've mentioned it before, it's streaming now. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's called The Jesus Revolution. And if you remember back in the 60s and 70s, if you're as old as I am, and you remember that day, that was a really tough time. That was a really dark day. That's what you could call an evil day. But in the midst of that evil day, the kingdom of God was still at work in the earth. And a revival broke out among, among of all people, the hippies. 
Now the hippies were a group of young people who were searching, they were searching for truth, but they were searching in all the wrong places. But eventually that search led them to the way, the truth, and the life. And they became followers of Jesus. During this spiritual awakening that took place in the 60s and 70s, it's estimated that more than 250,000 young people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. And here, yeah, let's give God praise, amen? Here's a powerful scene from that film. How'd that feel? You'll see. Hi. Greg, right? Yeah. I've been praying for this moment since I first met you. Have you decided? Um, I, I don't know. You want to decide right now? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And pray with me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. But you are the savior of the world. You are the savior of the world. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into my life. I repent for my sins. I repent for all my sins. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior, my God and friend. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior, my God and my friend. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Greg, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What a powerful scene. A spiritual awakening and the same Holy Spirit that was at work back then is the same Holy Spirit that is available today. Friend, the Spirit of God can breathe on our generation and cause the entire, well, earth to rise with more heaven here on earth. Believe with me, I am ready for there to be more kingdom here on this earth. I'm tired of playing defense. I'm ready to play some offense. Can we give God praise? Amen. I'm ready to play offense. I'm ready for increase. Say that with me. I'm ready for increase. This is what our church is believing for. That's why it's so exciting seeing those young people on fire for Jesus. But God can bring a spiritual awakening to the Bay Area, and that's what we're believing for. But how does it happen? How does it happen? Well, it takes three things. The first, and I encourage you to write them down, the first is an increase in vision, an increase in vision. Now, what are you seeing? Are you seeing just what is, or are you seeing what could be? Over the last few months, we've been remodeling our chapel. Now, our chapel is the only building on campus that we haven't remodeled. Uh, since 1981, the original pews were in there. And so it needed to be remodeled. But when we started to remodel it, we thought, we prayed, we began to dream and imagine what could this space become? Not just what is it, but what could it become? What if it was still a space where you could have all kinds of meetings? But what also, we live in the hub of the high-tech universe. We do. And so what if we were able to harness this great technology and use it to create an environment where when you step into it, you're completely 
immersed around you, above you, and beneath you. There is this immersive experience that you encounter. And what if during Easter season, for example, you step in to that space and you're completely surrounded by the sounds and sights of the passion of the Christ. Or if during Christmas season, what if you stepped into that space and you're completely surrounded by sights and sounds of the birth of Christ? What if we harnessed the very best of creativity and technology and we used it to continue to point people in our valley and direct them to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? It's only a few weeks and this space is gonna be finished and I can't wait for you to see it. I'm so excited. I can't wait for you to see it. But before you see it out here, we had to see it in here. And this is true in all of life. Boy, everything starts with a dream. Before you see something on the outside, you have to see it on the inside. So let me ask you a question. What is stirring on the inside of you? What is the vision you have for the future? Some people, well, like me, when I look at the table and I see these ingredients, that's all that I see. I see the flour, I see the water, I see the yeast. But when my wife looks at it, she doesn't just see what it is, she sees what it can become. When I look at my world, what do I see? Do I just see the way that I am? Or does it see the person that I can be with the help of God? I want you to see yourself differently. See yourself breaking free from that addiction. See yourself getting healthy in your finances. See yourself overcoming that painful past. See yourself taming that horrible temper. Before I see it out here, I have to see it in here. Begin to see yourself, not just where you're at, but where you can be with the help of God, amen. Get a vision of it. The vision of this is so important. In his book, Atomic Habits, the author writes this. He said, identity is the North Star of habit change. Habits matter because they help you become the person that you wish to be. One time Jesus uh, said, when you're looking for the kingdom, don't look for it over here or look for it over there. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. Can you see that the spirit and the kingdom is at work in your life to work its way through that entire dough? So your entire life begins to rise up. I'm ready for increase. Increase, say it with me, increase. Now, it takes increased vision and it takes increased faith. It does. I saw this one sign about mosquitoes and it said this. It said, if you think you're too small to be effective, you've never been in bed with a mosquito. <laughs> it takes faith. Now, when it comes to faith, I, I want to have big faith. I like big faith. I aim for big faith. 
but I found that I don't always have big faith. Instead, I have small faith. How much faith do I have to have to see more of heaven increase in my world? Well, Jesus said, if you just have small faith, it's great to have big faith, but even if you just have small faith, it's not so much the size of your faith that matters, it's the size of your God that matters. And if you take that small bit of faith and put it in the hands of God, well, it can go a long ways. In Matthew chapter 17, we read, if you have faith even as small as a tiny mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move, and it would go far away. Nothing would be impossible for you. A tiny mustard seed, have a little bit of faith. How much faith do I need? I need enough faith to take a step of faith, even if it's a small step. If I have the ingredients and they just sit there, if the yeast just sits there and the flour just sits there, guess what happens? They just sit there. You have to take a step of faith. And you have to mix the yeast into the dough. And so, how much faith do you need to have to have more heaven in your world? You have to have enough faith to take a step, even a small step. You know, a small word at the right time can help bring a breakthrough in a person's life. A small act of kindness done in the right way can lift the weight of a heavy load. A small bit of time in the Bible or on your knees can set the course of an entire day. A small act of faith placed in the hands of a mighty God can end up very being very big in your life, even a small step. There's a book entitled The Two Degree Difference by our friend John Trent. John is a marriage and family therapist. He's a best-selling author. And this book, The Two Degree Difference, it's an excellent book, and it talks about how just little changes, small things can make a very big difference in your life and your relationships. Sometimes we think of making big sweeping changes. His proposition is if you just make a two-degree change. Take, for example, when it comes to marriage. He's got a list of things. If you want to keep love alive in your marriage, here are some little things you could try. You could rent a movie that your spouse likes and watch it with him. You could leave a note in the book, a love note in the book that they're reading. Or you could take mistletoe and hang it up in your house, but leave it there all year long. <laughs> I think I'm gonna try that one. Or you could celebrate the anniversary, not of when you got married, but when you first met. Celebrate that anniversary, if you can remember. <laughs> I heard about these two older folks who uh, were in church one day. It was an older man, an older woman, and you never know what happens when you go to church. They ended up meeting, and they got talking, and, and so the guy, he was brave. He asked her out on a date. She said yes, and they set up a date, and they were so excited when they left, and when he woke up the next man, morning, the man realized, you know, I know I have a date, but I can't remember when it is. <laughs> so he calls her up, and he said, I'm so sorry. I know 
we have a date, but I can't remember when it is. And she said, I'm so glad that you called because I knew I had a date, but I couldn't remember who it was with. <laughs> Sometimes we think it's gonna take big sweeping changes to improve our marriage. Sometimes it's a two degree shift that opens up the door for there to be more heaven in your home. How do you get more heaven into your world? Well, it takes an increase in faith, an increase in vision, and an increase in patience. And this may be the hardest of all because we live in a world and a culture that hates to wait. Just hates to wait. I saw this one button that said, I had my patience tested and I'm negative. (laughs) Anybody identify with that? I mean, I know I should have one of those buttons because I hate to wait. I hate to wait for my computer to power on. I hate to wait when I'm in line at the grocery store. I hate to wait for the movie to finally stream. I hate to wait, well, I hate to wait at a stoplight waiting for it to turn green. I wonder if Abraham had one of those buttons. Now, Abraham is the father of our faith. In fact, the three great monotheistic religions of the world all look to Abraham as the father of the faith. But did you know Abraham, he was on a journey too. Follow me in his story. God gives him a promise and tells him, you're gonna have a son, and that son is gonna turn into a tribe and that tribe will turn into a nation and that nation will end up blessing the world. Abraham is excited about it, but some time passes. And so Abraham is patient, but his patience is imperfect. So he comes up with a plan B. He still doesn't have a son, so he names his heir or he names Eleazar, his servant, his heir. And then God shows up and says, no, Abraham, you will have a son. And so Abraham, well, he waits a while longer and he's patient, but his patience is imperfect. So he comes up with a plan C. And he has a son with his wife's maidservant. And that doesn't turn out so well, you think? And God says, no, you're going to have a son with your wife. And so some time passes. Abraham's patient, but he's imperfect in his patience. And eventually, though, they have a son. His name is Isaac. But Isaac grows up, and Abraham's wife dies. And Isaac still isn't married. And so Abraham comes up with plan D. And he gets married again because he wants to make sure he has an heir. He marries again and ends up having six sons. And God says, Abraham, that's not it either. Said, Isaac is the promised heir. And when Isaac finally gets married and has children, the imperfect patience of Abraham pays off. And I told that story to remind you, we're all on a journey. And if you give God something to work with, 
Someone needs to know this today because you, you are in a situation where you have a vision, you've been taking steps of faith, but you're in that waiting space. And like Abraham, you're patient, but you're imperfectly patient. And what you've seen, the dream that God put it, has put in your heart has yet to come to pass. And when you look at it, I mean, when you take yeast and you first work it into the dough and the dough sits there, it looks like nothing is happening. But there's life in the yeast. The yeast is at work in the dough and eventually it will cause that dough to rise and you're looking at your situation. I know what it is in my life to look at a situation. I know where I'm believing for God to bring more heaven to earth in a way that matters a whole lot to me. And yet you look at the situation and it seems like nothing is happening. Nothing is changing. Friend, I want to encourage you. The kingdom of God is still at work. Even when you can't see it. Even when you can't sense it. Trust in the mysterious, invisible, hidden, slow work of God. Because eventually that dough will begin to rise and you will have a fresh slice of heaven in your hands. <laughs> Hebrews chapter six, verse 12 says this, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith is what gets you going. Patience is what keeps you going don't give in. Don't give up. Would you stand with me, please, wherever you're at? Amen. Thank you, God. Increase. Say that with me. Increase. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, everyone's locking with me just for these next couple of minutes. Uh, Seti and Alyssa are going to come out. And they're going to lead us in another great song. We're going to baptize. We're going to see the kingdom of God advancing here on the earth through baptism. Yeah, before we do that, though, if you would say, Pastor Ken, uh, right now I'm in, I'm in that waiting space and I'm waiting for the bread to rise. And that's the situation I'm in. I want to agree with you that God's going to encourage your heart and encourage your spirit today. Just lift up your hand right now, wherever you're at. If you're in that waiting season, that waiting season, that waiting season. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you. Thank you that you are at work in the earth. We look forward to that one day we'll be with you. And that's when everything, God, will be perfect. But even now, we can begin to believe for increase. More heaven right here on earth. That's what you told us to pray for. You gave this parable so our faith would begin to rise up. So, Lord, increase our vision, increase our faith, and, God, increase our patience. I pray for those who are discouraged today, for those who are defeated. I pray for those who have taken on a defensive mindset. They just feel overwhelmed by the world around them. I pray that they would know that your spirit is still at work in the world, and you can heat things up. You can breathe on this earth. And that whole loaf can start to rise.
God, encourage, encourage those today who are feeling down and defeated. Let them know that delays are not denials and that what you've put in their hearts, God, that one day we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We pray this in the name of Jesus and for the glory of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Can we give God praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Alyssa, come on out and lead us, and let's get ready to celebrate. Amen. Let's sing about God's goodness today.
Amen. Increase. Say that with me. Increase. Even now we're going to see how the kingdom of heaven is at work in the earth as we go to the waters of baptism. And as we do this, we affirm our faith together here at Cathedral of Faith. I invite you to declare the Apostles' Creed with me. This is what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. But there's more to the story. The third day he rose again from the dead. Can somebody say hallelujah? He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen and amen and amen. This is what we believe. Katie, let me ask you a question. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You've surrendered your life to him. Upon that confession of faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah. Now we have Antoinette. Oh, this is awesome. Antoinette, let me ask you a question. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You surrendered your life to him. I hope that you sense the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Upon that confession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah. God bless you. And then we have uh, Cecilia, who's Katie's daughter. Isn't it great to see a mom and her daughter being baptized together? Yeah. Cecilia, have you put your trust in Jesus? You surrendered your life to him. Upon that confession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again for being here today. Just a couple of quick things before you go. First of all, if you need prayer, our team will be down at the front uh, inside the sanctuary to pray with you and pray for you. And then secondly, if you haven't yet signed up for the Stars and Strides, well, I'm going to be out there that Saturday with my grandson. We're going to be running. It's always a great family time at Cathedral, and it, it's for a great cause, too. So it's a double win in every way. And then I hope that increase will be in your spirit. What a beautiful day. That all, all week long, you'll be believing for more heaven, even here on earth. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may there be the increase of more heaven in your home. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray this. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go. Love you, Cathedral.